Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. While we started this new series last week, Alignment, um, for those of you who haven't caught up, Chantal and I were off for uh, five weeks and we were away and God realigned some things in our lives and really birthed this new series. The series verse comes comes from James chapter four, verse eight, which says, if you draw close, come close to God, God will come close to you. This is a promise. Whether you're in the room, whether you're watching online, this is for you. And we discovered last week that we can't experience a promise from God without a process. There is a process attached to the promise. All the way through the Bible, we we see that, process to promise. Ask, process, and you shall receive. Seek, process, and you will find, promise. Knock, process, and the door will be opened unto you. Trust, Process in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. If God has given you a promise, if God has promised you something, he will bring it to pass. But here's the deal. There will be a process attached to the promise. Now last week we opened up this series with this illustration that many of us have been driving a car for a while, and maybe uh, your spouse earlier in the week or in the, the month hit a curb. It's never happened in our home. And suddenly, a few days, a few weeks later, as you're driving down the road on the way to church or work, your car begins to shake. Why? Because your wheels have misaligned. And suddenly, your car starts to pull onto the side and Uh, misalignment takes place in a car because of something that has taken place. You've hit a curb, but our world was misaligned 18 months ago because we hit a curb called COVID. None of us saw it coming. And many of us, our lives are going into directions and things have happened over the last 18 months that we could never have foreseen. And many good cars have ended up in ditches because of misalignment, naturally. Many good cars have even ended up on scrap heaps because of misalignment. And if they'd just gone to the garage to get their wheels aligned, they could have ended a lot of heartache. A lot of people's lives right now are in ditches because things have misaligned in the seasons. They are in ditches of debt. They are in ditches of of fear. They are in ditches of addiction. They are in a ditch of brokenness within a relationship or in a marriage. They are in ditches of anger. There are ditches of conspiracy that people find themselves in right now. Ditches of offense. People are offended. Everyone's offended. And how many of the ditches that we've ended up in could have been avoided in our lives had we not just realigned ourselves along the way? So the series really is to get us back into alignment. The first part of the Lord's Prayer says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Not my kingdom, not my will. His kingdom and his will. 
We have to align our hearts with his heart. If you take your notes, you want to write something down. That misalignment begins in our lives as a result of not being aligned with the Father. The devil hates alignment. Hell is hell-bent on, on keeping us misaligned. And alignment determines how far we go in our assignment in this earth. There are people who used to be in church 18 months ago are no longer in church. There are people who used to follow Christ who no longer follow Christ. Why? Because something in their lives got misaligned and they've ended up in a ditch. Psalm 133 verse 1. This is what happens. This is the outcome. I'm going to start with the good stuff. This is the outcome of when we live an aligned life. It says, how good. How good is the verse that starts with how good, by the way? I mean, when do you ever read the, the newspaper and it starts with how good? How good and how pleasant is it for Christians to dwell together in unity or in alignment? For there the Lord gives his blessings forevermore. So we've been looking at the story of David's life as a king. And the alignment process that he went into. And so I'm going to ask us all to stand as we read God's word. We're going to read the same portion as we read last week. We're starting a new culture in our church. We're going to stand for the word of God. If you're physically able to do that, I think we need to honor God's word. And hold God's word in a much higher regard than what we do. It's not just a table book. It's not something we just leave on the coffee table at home. It's actually living. It's alive. And it has power to change your life. So we need to hold it in heart regard. 2 Samuel chapter 11, we're going to read this passage together. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, King David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. David, even though he was a king, he was a warrior. David, this is his first moment in his life where we see misalignment. This is where he hits the curb. It says, but David remained in Jerusalem. He was the head of the army, the army are at war, and David remained in Jerusalem. First thing before we jump back into this is life misaligns when we're in the wrong position. Away from church, away from this book, away from our prayer lives, away from our group. Whenever we are in the wrong position in life, life begins to misalign. When the car hits the curb, Misalignment begins. Cars are meant for roads, not curbs. Stop nudging your husband. And then this is what happens when David is out of position. It says, one evening, David got up from his bed. By the way, this is a a PG story. And he walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam. Now we have the problem. The wife of Uriah the Hittite. David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. The woman conceived. The story gets worse. And sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. He should have been at war. He's laying out by the swimming pool. He's staring at another man's wife. He sleeps with her gets even worse. Then she gets pregnant. By the way, the story gets even worse than that. To cover it up, 
He puts her husband, who's called Uriah, onto the battlefield, and he sets up his murder. So he's accidentally shot. So he has slept with another man's wife, and then he murders, her, murders him. Who knows that is some story. People tell me the Bible's boring. There ain't nothing boring about that. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, even in King David's life, there's so many principles that we can apply to our lives, Father. Just as David got misaligned as a king, the most powerful position on earth at that time, Father God, you showed him grace. You showed him redemption. Father, today we're going to realize that no matter whatever decision we've made, no matter what choice we've made, Father, there is no one past the power of your redemption. So we thank you for your grace. Father, you didn't cancel us, so we won't cancel others. We thank you today for your grace towards us. Come on, everyone in the room, everyone online, shout amen. 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 You can take your seat. It says in verse 27, it says, But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Who thinks that's a fair assessment of the situation? If your child, however much you love them, if they'd done that, I think we'd all agree it would displease. David, who'd killed a bear, he'd killed a lion, he'd killed Goliath, he had rose to prominence, and suddenly he's made a big, big mistake. But from the next few verses and the today, we're going to see how David realigned his life. Because I want to say this, is that no one is past the power of God's redemption. No one is past redeeming. It doesn't matter what you've done. Some of you might be sitting in church today going, well, I don't, I don't deserve to be sitting here. But when I look at David's life, I'm thinking, if God can get David's life back on track, God can get any of our lives back on track. And so there's some of the principles that we looked at last week on the alignment process. First of all, David, it says, alignment requires humility. David cried out to God in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit. Transformation in our lives begins with humility. Second, it says, uh, we talked about alignment releases connection. In the moment of David's greatest need, God sent to him a prophet called Nathan. It says in 2 Samuel 12, 1, then the Lord sent Nathan to David. Who knows in your hour of need you need good people around you? So I want to talk, that last week we talked about the alignment process. This week I want to unpack the alignment path. This was David's path back into alignment. Our world is misaligned right now. Many of us, we find ourselves um, maybe outside of where we want to be, and David found himself in that situation, and this is, this is where we want to go this morning. So we're going to go to Psalm, just one verse today, Psalm 119, verse 105, which is a very familiar passage, but I just want to bring some context to it, because scholars believe that this passage by David was written in the, in the middle of David um, realigning himself. He's just fallen with Bathsheba, and he is, his life is in a bit of a mess. He has murdered her, her husband, and his life is misaligned. And this is what David's cry to God was. He says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, I'm going to start with a question. Why did David's life become misaligned? No easy answer to this, but I'm going to give what I think is the answer. David's life became misaligned because he was on the wrong path. 
The path he should have been on was the battlefield with his men. And he was on the wrong path, but he was at a swimming pool gazing at things he shouldn't have been. Why did he end up on the wrong path? Because he had the wrong lamp. When we align ourselves with God's word, what he does is he daily lights our path. David was on the wrong path. People ask me a lot of the times, what is God's plan for my life? Who would like to know God's plan for your life? Come on, just a quick, quick show of hands. Quick show of hands. I think we put far too much detail into plans and not enough thoughts into paths. Not enough thought into paths. What is the right path for you to be on? Not your plans, not your details, not your assignment, but your path. So this is my response when people said, what's God's plan for my life? Wake up. It's always good to wake up at a reasonable time. Open your Bible and have a pray. Work or study hard throughout the day. Keep a great attitude. Love others. Have fun. Eat and drink in a healthy manner. Go to bed at a reasonable time, normally before 12 or 10. I will say this, bad things happen in the dark. You don't wake up at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning and think, I'm going to have a Big Mac and chips, do you? You drive past McDonald's at 11 o'clock at night and you're like, I've deserved this. You think of the worst mistakes in life, they've often happened in the dark. President Roosevelt said that he never makes a decision after 3 p.m. Well, he did back when he was president of the United States because your brain starts shutting down from 3 o'clock because the enemy catches you off guard late at night. You start eating things you shouldn't, drinking things you shouldn't. That's just a little caveat. So you wake up, pray, read your Bible, work or study hard, keep a great attitude, love others, have fun, eat and drink healthy, get to bed early, repeat. See, we're all into, where am I going to go to university? What am I going to do? All the details of our lives. And God's saying, no, it's not about plans. It's about paths. It's about paths. God's will for your life is primarily about being on the right path. Because this is what I've realized. When I am on the right path in life, the good stuff happens. When I am on the wrong path in life... The not so good stuff happens. And when you hit a curb, when you hit a curb in life, here's what happens. It throws you into another path. You saw the picture on the screen. It was a car on the other side of the road facing the wrong direction. And COVID has sent people onto a different path. And God always sends us Write this down. God always sends us down the path with limited information. Now, I like information. Anyone else like information? Has anyone got this week planned to every 15 minutes? Like, yeah, come on. all you. That's me, okay? I'm the accelerator in the family. Chantel is the brake. We make a really good car. And my daughter's the clutch. So between us, I don't know what justice is. But we all need balance. But COVID has pulled people onto 
different paths. Paths away from church. Paths away from community. Paths away from faith. But this is the way to get back on the path. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, we live in a generation that don't want lamps. We want lasers. A laser shows you so far into the future. So I want to know where I'm going to be in 2024. I want to know what university. I want to know what salary I'm going to have. I want, and God's like, I just don't work like that. You see, back in the day, these lamps, they just had long handles. And what they did is they just lit up. They, called, they were actually called ankle lamps. So when shepherds, when you'd go for a walk at night, they didn't have torches. They didn't have laser lights. They just had ankle lamps. So you couldn't see into the future. You couldn't see past your nose. All you could see is what's around. That's why Jesus said, give us today our daily he loads us with. The steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. God is interested in your future and the the thoughts and the plans towards you are great and all that. I get it. But here's the thing. Jesus orders our steps and he says, if you will align yourself on the right path and just keep going little by little, get up, keep a good attitude, study hard, work hard, get into the right group, have a good attitude in life. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to find yourselves in situations in your life that you could never have dreamt of simply by staying on the path. So the question is this, is for some of us, and even for Chantel and I, we felt like we were on some paths that maybe we didn't need to be on before we left. And so we went to, we went away to really just ask God to realign us. So the question is, how do we get from where we are to where we want to be? Because I don't know about you, but I want to be in the perfect will of God for my life. I want to be on the path that shines brighter. Anyone else want to be on the right path for their life? So the question is, where do we, how, how do we get from where we are to where we want to be? Now, if you're taking notes, here's another one for you. Often in life, we are after solutions, not paths. We want a solution. Um, if we're carrying too much weight, we want a pill rather than a process. Why? Because we want a solution. Who's a solution-orientated person? Okay, I'm a solution-orientated person. There is a solution to every problem. You know, if we're in debt up to our eyes, we want a magic wand. We want a family member just to come and wave a debt relief wand over us, and everything disappears. And we're back in, the, back in the black. And God says, rather than looking for a solution, why don't you think about a different path for your family, for your relationships? Why don't you think about a path of saving and stewardship and generosity and tithing. Why don't you think about a path rather than a solution? You know, this isn't a quick fix. Because we live in a quick fix, quick fix, quick fixed world, we want to quick fix everything. Cars can be fixed. Your lawnmower can be fixed. Okay? Take it to the mower shop, they'll fix it. Your computer can be fixed at the Apple store. But people need to be changed. Things can be fixed, but people need to be changed. To get to where you want to be in life, it requires two things. All right, I want you to think about where you want to be. If you want to be married, if you want to have children, if you want to have your own business, it requires two things. 
Okay, this is critical. I know it's warm, but just bear with me because I'm going to say some things today I think could help you move forward. Number one, to get to where you want to get to, it's going to require a change of direction. A change of direction. David had to humble himself before God and Nathan and say, I am heading in the wrong direction. I have just had an affair. I'm sleeping with another man's wife. I've just murdered someone. My life is heading in a direction that is not good. So he had to humble himself before God. And the second thing when it comes to paths is they take time. As I studied this story, misalignment in David's life cost him 15 years. After he'd murdered Uriah, it was 15 years before he was leading the charge, leading the armies, and Israel were winning wars again. Misalignment is costly. That's why I'm talking about it in church, because I want to save you good years, good months of your life. People get upset, they leave church. People end up in a ditch, and it's costly. If your car has ever ended up in a ditch because of misalignment, it is costly. For some of you, it means getting a new car. We're looking for solutions in our lives, and God is here today, and he's saying... Mark, Sharon, Chantel, Steve, Stuart, Dottie, he's saying, stop looking for solutions and start looking for a change of direction. Because David had to change direction. Your word is a lamp. Not my hormones, not my feelings, not what I think is right for my life. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my fire. He'd been led by all the wrong things and he'd ended up in a ditch. Think about our lives at the moment, all of us, relationally, financially, spiritually, emotionally. Think about relationships. We've all followed a specific path and they've created our relational reality, whether that's good or bad. Think about our financial reality. Where we are is because of the choices we've all made. We are all on subconscious paths. And now here is the principle of the path. This is the takeaway today. I want you to write this down or put it in your phone because this is, this is going to really help you in months, years to come. It's direction in life, not intention, which determines your destination. Yeah. Who's ever had some really great intentions for their lives? We've all had good intentions, and there's nothing wrong with good intentions. But it is direction in life which determines where you end up. So the question is this. Is the path I am on with my finances, in my relationships, in my marriage, is this leading me towards my destiny? If it's not, We've got some path changing to do. Because it's not intention. Oh, she'll find Jesus one day and everything will be all right. That's a good intention. But if she's not on the path with you, your destination's going to change. Sorry, this is going to be a real truthful series, okay? you got to get on the path with like-minded people. you got to be heading in the same direction towards the same destination. You win and you lose in life, not by your intentions. 
You win and lose in life determined by your direction. And by the way, we don't deliberately get misaligned. No one goes out to drive to say, I'm going to hit a curb. You know what we're going to do today, Chantel? We're just going to hit a curb. We're going to see how, how, how badly we can misalign our lives, our car, because I really want to get back to the garage. I love giving them 500 pounds every time we do. No one sets off on a journey, but what happens is we hit a curb. We started off at the start of 2020, didn't we? And we thought, oh, that, that's China's problem. Oh, they'll figure it out. And then it came a little bit closer. A little bit, and it's like, hang on, it's in Spain. Hang on, it's in London. Oh, and we hit the curb of COVID. Suddenly our lives are all misaligned and we all find ourselves on paths. What we're eating at night, what we're drinking at night. No community, thinking our own thoughts. Thinking things about other people and they think you think they're thinking about you. And all these things are happening in our minds and suddenly we find ourselves completely misaligned. But we never intentionally set out that way, did we? You know what? There's even things right now that people aren't coming to church because the path of staying at home is a lot easier. But it's actually misalignment. It's actually misalignment. And none of us set off in life to get into debt. You can go, Carl, you know what I'm going to do in life? I'm going to get in debt. That's going to be my life goal. No one set off to be lonely. No one set off to spiritually dead when you found Christ it's not like no you don't get lost on purpose but so many people are lost Chantel and I we've never set off for the day she went to Pleasurewood Hills with the kids yesterday the biggest day ever Woody is okay I know some of you are worried about him he's been seen he is fine some of you don't know what that is google it Chantel didn't set off at the beginning of the day to Pleasure Hills with the kids and said, you know what I'm going to do, kids? We're going to get, just get lost on the way. No, you're not, you never set off to get lost in life, but how many times do we find ourselves lost and lonely? Do you know when you get lost, you never actually know when it exactly happened. You just get lost. And the path that we're all on determines where we end up. You don't wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to have an affair today. I'm going to have an affair. You don't wake up with that. You don't even wake up and say, I'm going to spend more than I have in the bank today. You just end up in the mall and those trousers look so good. You think, wow, how did I end up? How did I end up having an affair? But you spent a little too much time talking to her at the gym or at work. And then the conversation got a little bit familiar. Then you sent a late night text and suddenly you find yourself in a place like David going, how did I end up here? And it's simply because you switched paths. And the devil is a liar. And so many people are going down these paths right now and they are in ditches. That's why you've got to put tracks in your life. I talked last week about trains. Trains need tracks. David needed God and he needed Jonathan to get him back on track. What are the tracks in your life? Chantal and I, we've got some tracks in our lives. One of the tracks is, 
I don't travel alone with another woman in a car. You might say, well, that sounds a bit harsh. It doesn't, because I want to put some tracks in my life that I'm still married in 30 years' time. We tell each other that we love each other every night before we go to sleep, even if we have to grit our teeth. I love you. Sometimes I can't even put the eye on it. It's just love you. But it comes out one way or the other. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, oh, that's weird. I thought you... No, we're human. Why? Because we all need tracks on the path. And I've realized that our battles in life are not the same, but the principles are. The principle of the path. So for some of us... Maybe we're on the wrong path today. The good news is this. We can all change direction. Every single person, you can change direction. That's the easy part, by the way. The hard part is the time. Because some of the choices and decisions we make, you can't just turn them around overnight. You can change your path immediately. And by the way, some of you and many of you are going to change paths today. You're going to switch paths. Your life is going that way, and you're going to go that way. Start of this, I, obviously I spoke at the 8.30 and heard a story of a person in a relationship, and they came in, they said, I'm changing paths because I realize this relationship is not part of my destiny. And you can switch paths. You can switch paths. But here's the thing. It takes time. 15 years for David. And we need a guide. I've made my worst choices in life when I don't have a guide. That's why David says, your word is a lamp. Not my feelings, not my social media. Your word is the lamp unto my feet. My feet and a light unto my path. A couple of weeks ago, um, I said to my son, let's go and have a daddy Sunday, and I took him to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas. 85,000 seats. It was incredible. Has anyone ever been in that stadium? Absolutely magnificent. You two have played their cult. It was just, just, and we walked in, we're like, wow. And um, I was trying to be a bit of a cheapskate to do it without a guide. I thought I'd just pretend I know exactly there's the field, and that's where they get changed, and tell them all the history of the Dallas Cowboys, which I haven't got a clue. And I decided I wouldn't do it my way. I would do it the tour guide's way. And we jumped on with this tour guide for an hour and a half, and it was unbelievable. unbelievable. We went into changing rooms, and we had a tour of all under the field, and saw the grass, and how it was, it was just the, the, all the different uh, facts. And they said to, to, um, air, to air condition that stadium is the, in one day is the equivalent of 400 houses. I know we don't have aircon, but that's a lot. But what I realized that day is this. Life is a whole lot better with a tour guide. It's a lot simpler. By the way, you've got to pay a price. You've got to leave the path, your old path. And when you allow God to be the tour guide of your life, let me tell you, there's a cost involved in following Jesus, 
but you experience a whole better life with Jesus. He's going to show you things that you'll never seen on your own. You're going to meet people. I met this amazing couple from a different city, and we got talking. I got to tell them about Soul Church. You see, when you align your path with God's path, and you bring his light into your path, God will start connecting you, aligning you. He'll start showing you things that you have never seen. But it begins by saying, I need, to, I need a guide. The Lord is my shepherd. We all need a guide. And so often we end up on the wrong path because we follow the wrong people. People lead us, don't they? Let's be honest, we're all influenced. I love my friends. I've got some great friends. And I want to be respectful how I say this and please receive it in the re- a respectful way, but friends are great for friendships, but they're not always great for advice. Just think about that for a second. Friends are so good for friendship. You know, there's some people I just love knocking around with, but I wouldn't ask him anything about my life. Nathan, the Bible never refers to Nathan as David's friend. It says he was a counselor, a prophet of grace and truth. Wow. Some of us are going to all the wrong places for advice for our future. When we just got to get people around us who love us enough to say, you're on the wrong path. And I'm a friend to your future, not just to your today. Is this helping today? I've got to make sure we're on the right track here. And Chantal and I realized that just because we have the same interests in life now is not enough when you're 43 years old when it comes to friendships. You see, just because you support Norwich and I support Norwich, that's not enough. That was enough when you're 18 because interests keep you together. But as you get older, this is what needs to keep you together, the path. I want to be on the path. I don't care if you support Norwich, Ipswich, Liverpool. It doesn't matter because that is actually, it doesn't matter. What needs to happen is we're in the same flow, that we're walking together on the same path, that we keep a clean spirit together, that we keep walking together in unity. That's where the blessing of God is. And some of you, you are allowing your interests to determine your future. And God is saying to you, it's not just, and by the way, I love hanging out with people with the same interest. It makes friendships a whole lot easier. Friends are great for friendships, but not always for advice. And the, the path that your friends are following could be unreliable. And life's too short to find out. So you've got to make a decision. Interests are just not enough anymore. I want to be heading in the right direction. Our world is in a state right now because it's left the path that God set out for us. Jesus said this. He said, I am the way. I am am the truth. When you deviate from the Bible, when you deviate from the path, life gets difficult. You know, I'm so grateful that, and I can say this now just about, but not fully, but just about. You'll understand what I say. Now I say it. I'm so grateful that God never gave us a check for 10 million pounds for the new building four years ago. You say, well, that would have been a lot less stress. It would. But this is what's happened. Every day he just lights a lamp around my feet. And he says, you know that bill for the architects? He says, I'll pay that, I've got that. 
there's enough money in the account to do that. You know that planning you need for the new building? It's a lamp. We see, we want God with the torch and God says, no, 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 no. I'll get you exactly what you need for exactly when you need it. Take your eyes off the details. Take your eyes off too much ahead and just say, God, I know that you're gonna love me today. You're gonna feed me today. You're gonna protect me today. You're gonna guide me in every step of the way. You see, there's no story if someone writes a big check. There's no story if someone wipes a wand. But then you look back, the Bible is full. Noah, Abraham, Joseph, it's David. It's full of stories which happened over a long period of time where Jesus was just a lamp unto their feet. God never gives pages of details. He holds them close. All he does is just direct our steps. Your lunch is sorted, by the way, today. Your lunch is sorted. God's already provided for it. You got somewhere to sleep tonight, he sorted it. And guess what? He'll do the same tomorrow. And the next day. And the next day. If you just keep going on the path, wake up in the morning, read your Bible, pray, keep a good attitude, work, study hard, eat and drink healthy, get to bed early. You're like, how did I end up here in life? And Jesus will just say, you stayed on the path. I bring the connections. I'll bring the opportunities. I'll open the doors, the jobs, all the details. Because we want to try and do the details. And God says, just stay the path. The steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. If you just keep reading your Bible, keep loving your wife, he'll strengthen your marriage. If you just put on your trainers and go for a jog, he'll sort out your health. Oh, God, heal me as I'm stuffing my face full of donuts. Guilty. God's like, just get on the health path. He's not a torch God. He's a lamp God. He radiates the path around me. Psalm 68, 19, David said, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. Come on, I'm done. I've got loads more, but I'm done. Come on, let's stand to our feet. It's warm in here. Let's, come on, let's put our hands together for God's word. I hope that's helped today. Right, we're going to have, Rachel's going to come up and pray for a group of people in a moment. Before they do that, we, this isn't, this isn't a moment to receive Jesus. This is just a moment to say, do you know what? Maybe, just maybe, I'm on the wrong path. Could be spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially. I've covered a whole lot of stuff in 38 minutes. We could do a whole series just on paths. The Bible talks about it so much. Proverbs 5, Proverbs 7, it's just full of... But today you're saying, you know what? I just need to, to make that step and switch paths. Because remember, it's not intention it's direction that determines your life. If you're saying today, you know what, I've probably been on the wrong path. And Chantelle and I, we had to do this when we were in America. We we're like, okay, we just need to realign a few things in our thinking. And just get back on the right path. If you'd be honest enough today to say, God, get me, on, get me back on the right path. I want to change direction in a certain area of my life, my thinking, my family. Just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you.
Come on, loads of hands. Loads of hands. It's just the path. Stop looking for a solution to your problems, to your life. It's path. God just says, I want you on the right path. When you get on the right path, He'll bring the right people, bring the right opportunities. Father, we thank you today. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. Father, we're sorry for deviating from your path, from trying to do it our way, being led by our feelings, led by our truth, not your truth, being led by what we think is right, but not according to your word. And Father, today I pray that you'd help people, Father. Help people right now. I pray for a change of direction for people, a change of direction in relationships, in marriages, in families, Father God. I thank you, God, today. I thank you as we trust in the Lord with all our heart. And we lean not unto our own understanding, but in all our ways we acknowledge you. We acknowledge you right now. You promise to direct our paths. And I pray for fresh direction in people's lives. I pray for those who are trying to figure out what's next, for those who are at career crossroads, for those who are struggling. Father, I pray that as they stay the path, as they stay the course, as they stay committed to the house, committed to your word, Father, you will continue to show them daily the plans that you have for them. Lord, I pray, Lord, you take our eyes off tomorrow. Lord, we'd be grateful for what you've given us today. Thank you that our plans, your plans for us are in your time, not in ours. So we trust you. We trust you. Give people strength this week to change direction, to switch paths. We thank you, Father. Amen. Amen, Rachel. So many of you that have been listening to this incredible message have not yet found yourself on the path to knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord. And in a room this size, there's many that have never made that decision. They've tried and many of you have maybe looked for solution, solution to peace of mind, solution to problems, solution to even sin, solution to difficulties in your relationship, solution to um, challenges with, with business, with, with a legacy. The only way that you can find solution is getting on the right path, getting the direction of your life in the way that Jesus wants you and actually died to give you a clear path, a clear path to Him, a clear path to heaven. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man or woman, young person, older person, can come to Jesus except, come to God except through Jesus. Jesus connects us to God. Jesus connects us to His grace. Jesus connects us to love, to truth, to meaning, to purpose to hope beyond the grave. And if you're here this morning, maybe you've come with a friend. Maybe you've been coming for a long time or you've been watching online, but you've never said yes to Jesus, yes to peace of mind, yes to knowing purpose and direction for your life. 
It's a very simple but powerful prayer I want to include you in right now. And you might say, oh, that's for the person beside me. No, I'm talking to you. Maybe you've once served God and walked with God, but you've walked away and you've become misaligned. You've become disappointed. You've drifted away from God. And right now in His love, He's extending His arms to you. And He's saying, my daughter, my son, I love you. I'm drawing you back. He knows the battle that's been going on in your heart, in your mind. And He's reaching out with arms of love right now. Could I ask that every head be bowed and every eye closed as we extend this invitation to know Jesus, to say yes to Jesus. Yes to forgiveness of sin. Yes to purpose and meaning. Yes to hope beyond the grave. And I want you to join me in a prayer that many of us have prayed. I prayed as a little girl beside my bed one morning. Many years ago, I had a dream that everyone had gone to heaven and I was left behind. And I remember Jesus reaching out with His arms of love in my dream. Just as a young girl, I knelt beside my bed and I said, Jesus, come into my heart. The Bible said it's very simple. We just need to say yes to Him. Come as little children. So whether you're old or young, whether you're coming together as a couple, whether you're a student in this place, all across this room, I want to give you opportunity after three to raise your hand high enough and long enough for me to see because I want to include you in this prayer that brings you into the family of God that says yes to Jesus, yes to peace of mind, yes to a future and a hope. After three, all across this room, raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray with all of us here before we leave. Right now is the day of salvation. Right now it's your time in Jesus' name. After three, one, two, three, all across this room. That's right, from the front to the back, over here, over here. Thank you. Thank you for responding. Anyone else coming back to Jesus? You're coming back. You're saying yes for the first time. As many of you that raised your hand, if you raised your hand, we would love to include you in this prayer. So join with us, everyone in the room that are praying as believers or you're praying for the first time or you're praying as you're coming back to Jesus today. Join me or online with this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank You that You love me. Right now I ask You to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for going my way. Right now, I choose your way. I want to be in alignment with your way, with your truth, with your life. Thank you for accepting me as I am. I am a follower of Jesus and I will live with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Can we applaud each and every one that responded to Jesus? This is the greatest decision you will ever make and know that you are loved beyond anything that you could imagine, beyond any human love. We would love to give you a Bible. This is a beautifully illustrated Bible that helps, as Pastor John's been talking about, helps you get in alignment, helps the things that he's been talking about. Many of those scriptures are in here. And even if you already have a Bible and you prayed that prayer or you raised your hand on your way out here 
or at the back, some of our team will be raising these Bibles. Just catch their eye and say, hey, I prayed that prayer. I would love to have a Bible. And we would love to get connected with you, get an email or a contact number. We won't hassle you, but we're designed to do life together and we need help on this road to getting to know Jesus better. So if you raised your hand or you prayed the prayer, connect with us after and our team, Mark and Sharon and a lot of our team will be outside here afterwards or outside in the atrium, but I think a lot of them are connecting here afterwards. So make sure you chat on your way out. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.